Hello everybody and welcome to another comedian's interview for my blog and podcast A Rich Comic Life. My name is Richard Gill and my blog describes my experiences of watching nearly 1,000 stand-up comedians and counting over the last 46 years. I'm delighted to welcome my special guest today, Mr. Andy Smart. Yay! Hello, mate. How are you? I'm fine, Richard. How are you? Great to see you. I'm doing really well, my friend. Thank you so Good. much for doing this. It's all right. It's very, very kind of you. Um, over the next hour or so, we're going to talk about your illustrious comedy career. And I'd like to go right back to the start and ask you, please, how did you become a comedian in the first place? Right. Well, I actually wrote all this up in a book that I uh, that came out two years ago called A Hitch in Time. And, <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> and uh, for the, I mean, it was for the AA uh, that when they went into, they decided to go into uh, travel publishing. So I wrote, it's basically a hitchhiking journey. And uh, what I did was I, in 82, I went hitching off from Liverpool to go to the World Cup in Spain. Brilliant. Uh, and ended up sleeping on the beach of Biarritz quite a lot. And then I went round for the England-France game and met this bloke. And he said, oh, why don't you come to Pamplona next week, run with the Bulls? So I met up with him in Pamplona and then uh, I had all my money stolen and my passport and everything. Oh, and, uh, right. And uh, well, I just got drunk basically in front of the seat on a on a balcony in someone's house, and it was a shared balcony. And obviously, someone just stole all my money in the night. And uh, so I, I'd missed the bull run. So I thought, well, I need to stay and do that before I go home. So I I I'd done TIE up in Liverpool, theatre and education, right, with the four eighty seven group, and. Um, and I'd, I'd learned to juggle. This guy Ian had taught me to juggle, and so I, I just borrowed four oranges off a, 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 an American woman, uh, and uh, started juggling in the town square. And I, over the course of the day, I made about eighty quid, uh, had a very nice meal and some wine, and then did the run the next day. Got the bus to Bilbao, got a temporary passport, and then hitched back to to England. But over the eight hours of juggling, I sort of got some material together and uh, I sort of got a little show by a sort of 10 minute show so I, uh, I then started doing that at Covent Garden and uh, then I, I met I joined up with a guy called John Woodall we, I, we did a, a sort of comedy dance mime dance thing he played guitar and sang Bowie songs and I did really bad dancing to them uh, comedy dancing uh, and then he went off to France to become a, a rep for 1830. So I, I was on my own. And then wow. that's when I bumped into a guy called Angelo Abella. And he was uh, he was in a double act as well with a guy called John who was Australian. And his John went back to Australia. My John had gone to France. And so we said, well, do you want to team up? And we just started mucking about. We were just, we had a, we started off as uh, Burkus Circus. And we would just do... We do these terrible mime things. We do like a trapeze where we just have two sticks and we sort of run across and right. <laughs> move down. Yeah, and we do. Yeah, we had a dog act where I was the dog and wow. I was a and I was a Great Dane, so <laughs> I I'd go to be or not to be, and it was yeah, it was just all silly jokes, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then from that, we started doing 
sort of uh, Mickey tapes of films. So we would just take the title of a film and then just do a two-minute sketch on it, or, or maybe some one part of the film we do a sort of joke about it. And they became really popular. So we started, we we got the same outfits, and we we started doing chugging chugging play before we did each one. And uh, we 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 unbelievably we, uh, after sort of about six months, we won the Street Entertainer of the Year award, and uh, that was a big night. It was a Time Out award, and yeah, yeah, uh, because yeah. of this that, was, this would be around nineteen. Was it nineteen eighty four? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was. Yeah, so that was the start, really, and then that from that we got kids TV shows, we got trips all over the world. Yeah, it was great fun. Wow, was great. that that must have been an incredible start because the you 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 went very big very soon, didn't you? You 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 were on yeah. TV very quickly, and too, then you were around too the world. soon, too soon, really. Right, too soon. Yeah. Because I didn't, I don't think I realised at the time what was happening, and uh, it was yeah. And we had suddenly we had lots of money, and we were going all over the world, and we were treated like stars. It was yeah, it was it was it was very weird being twenty four and coming from a shithole like Farnborough. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry, mate. Mine's Carlisle. <laughs> That's not a shithole. <laughs> No, Carlisle's very nice. It's a very nice I'm actually, place. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not slagging it off for one minute. No, I actually, I, I actually did a, a dive off of the the top of the the top of the the uh, crenellations in the in the castle. Oh yeah, yeah, into, yeah, into, yeah, into, no, a pile, yeah. into a pile of cardboard boxes for a TV stunt. Good man. Well, yeah, there yeah. you are. Yeah. Um, so uh, with your um, other. Um, Vicious boy that you were with. You formed the double act, the Vicious Boys. Yeah. Can you tell me more about how that came about? Where the idea came from? Well, that was that's what I was just saying. It was all. It was you know we were on the street and his partner had gone off and I, my partner had gone off, and we just we were just we used to just make each other laugh a lot uh, sitting around because there was a lot of waiting around at Covent Garden in those days. It was uh, it was you know it was the height of the the street entertaining down there and there was sure. there was two there was two spots an indoor spot and an out and the outdoor on the cobble spot and you would have to queue up from midnight on the Sunday until eight o'clock in the morning on the Monday to get your spot to do to find out which spot you'd have that week sometimes right. you would get two but most weeks in the summer you would only get one spot and so it became like a really precious thing that when you got that half hour you had to go out and you had to knock them dead you had to get them to to, to come in and want to see what you were doing and then at the end you had to make them want, want you to pay you you know if you weren't good they would just walk away they wouldn't give you any money so it was a very um, very quick learning yeah uh, yeah curve because because you, you had to you, you know you just had to had to come up with something and we used to make a lot of it up because we we used to we used to sort of improvise a lot of it and we'd ask the audience for a film title and then we'd just make a, a scene up based on whatever they said so that was the start of me doing impro as well right yeah yeah when you when you mentioned about the juggling when you when you first started off there's a the, yeah. the, the 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 story i always remember myself was um I'd been, uh, I first came down to London in 1992 and I'd been going to the comedy store for years. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. that, that was the first club I went to, and obviously we'll move on to the comedy star players in a moment. There was an act on um, that I cannot for the life of me remember, but they were a juggling act. And they, it'd be and they would Steve Rawlings. It would be Steve Rawlings. He, he, he was juggling fruit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now, what, what, what he was doing with his act, he, he would, I saw him on the Thursday night, and then uh, I saw him again on the Saturday night without realising he was on the second time. I was with a friend of mine, and it, it was another mixed bill, but he, he was on again. So the Thursday, he's juggling the fruit, and he nodded his head to the audience, and he threw an apple into the audience. The audience member caught the apple, and he threw it back, and he carried on juggling. So by the time it came to the Saturday night, I said to my friend, oh, this act's really good. And he's d doing the juggling and he nodded to me as I was drinking my pint and he threw the apple and he went <laughs> And I'm sitting there going, I've ruined this pants because <laughs> I, I couldn't throw it back. It was all over the place. And, I, and thank you so much for that. It probably was him because he just looked at me and grinned like he did. Thank God he, he laughed back. But um, oh, I, oh, I was so embarrassed. Anyway, um, uh, so let's move on to the Comedy Store. You've been a regular member of the infamous Comedy Store players since yeah. 1995. Uh, well, yeah, I've been working with them since 85. So Right. Way, way, way back. We're 36 or 37 years old this year. So. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, how, how did that start? How, how did you get involved with them? Well, because Angelo and I were doing impro in our show, and we did a whole Edinburgh show where we just improvised the whole the whole show every night. Yeah. And um, so the, the players asked, asked us when... The, the thing with the players is that if they get a TV job, then they need a replacement. So they have a sort of a, a core number of, of guests that they can call in. And I was just one of those. And then when um, when Sandy left, uh, there was a bit of a vacancy uh, on a Wednesday because uh, Paul didn't want to do Wednesdays. And uh, sure. that's when they they started in 95. So then they, they asked me to become a pool player on a Wednesday. And then from that, with with everyone's tours and uh, gigs and Josie doing her plays and Neil Neil doing his business talks and Richard doing his adverts and stuff, it, 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 the chance came up for me to sort of become a full player. So and I was so so honoured when they asked me because it's oh, such a yeah, well, it's, such a nice big part of that group. It's so prestigious, but it's 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 also as well. They 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 are probably the best in the country, and 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 that's down oh, to the. To the amazing people that are in it so thank you for all the laps over the years oh, right. I've, I've, I've been going for years and years and years well we years. we all love we all love doing it and we all love yeah. making each other laugh as yeah, far as yeah, you probably yeah. yeah um you seem to be whenever i see you you seem to be fearless and extremely confident when you're on stage with an audience um yeah how do you cope if you get any nerves beforehand or before you go on stage? Do you get any? Are you nervous before you walk on? Not, not at the comedy store because it's like that's like my living room. I've probably done, you know, what 20, 25 years. So that's probably, uh, well, say eighty shows a year. That's you know, we're looking we're looking at um, a lot of shows there, two thousand shows probably, that's and. Uh, 
yeah so that's like going on in my living room but like when we do the big ones like the globe or the the uh, regent's park theater then you do get nervous there because obviously you're playing to like 1400 people the globe's such a special gig you don't want to muck it up sure yeah yeah of course yeah. you want to do your best stuff so yeah, I get nervous for that one. So I'll usually I'll usually go away from everyone else and uh, and have a fag and get my head together and um, maybe a, maybe a, a, a bottle of lager before I go on. And then you, as down. soon as you're out, as soon, as soon as you're out on stage and you get the first laugh, all that goes and you're you're just into it. Then you're not even thinking about what you're doing. Impro is very weird because you actually you actually have to stop thinking. You just have to say what's come, what comes into your head, and it's such a weird thing because sometimes you don't know why you've said something at all. You know, yeah, it yeah. just pops out. It's it's <laughs> it's an extraordinary comic device improvisation because, as you say, you never know what's going to happen, and I think that's the beauty of it. Every single yeah, show yeah. is different, and you know, it's it's always um, amazing to watch. Um, uh, how do you approach, if you do, improvisational routines based on audience suggestions? If you've heard a suggestion before, do you have a particular way of doing it, or do well, you try the, and better it, or how? How? The weird thing is that as soon as you, because of improvisation, you you just say and you already think about the next thing. Yeah. When you come off stage, you can't actually remember what you've said. You know, it doesn't. There's, and the audience, sometimes an audience member will come up and they'll say, oh, I saw you last week and you did that thing. And you go, what? You did, you did the thing about the old lady and you were married to her. And I was like, what? <laughs> you just can't remember them because it just goes, you know, it just go, it's really weird. It goes out of your head straight away almost. And uh, so if you get a suggestion you've had before, obviously if you can remember something you've done before, then you try and avoid that and you try and go somewhere new with it. So you're always trying not to do anything you've done before that's yeah, i mean yeah. that's the secret of it it's just it's it's and also it's just it's it's all about listening it's about listening to the other person and and they they're not going to know what you did last time so they'll take it off in another direction for you and then you'll be doing then you have to go along their lines yeah, and then yeah. they, you can take it off in another direction and they'll they'll come with you and then you follow them in another direction you know so you you're never going to get the same thing twice that's that's the joy of it it's in. It's interesting because I met I met Paul Merton once, and I and I told him the story. Um, we were we were, we were watching the comedy store players um, one week, and uh, I was with a friend of mine from Carlisle, and we and we both went to see them in London, and uh, he played the game where um, Paul Merton uh, leaves the stage and um, the has to guess the job. Yeah, yeah, yeah guess the job, what he does, and he comes back on, and um, uh, the, um, the 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 job was a uh, mouse assassin uh, who um, uh, who is in a northern town, right? And and off the top of his head, as he nearly got it. He looked at the audience and he said, I assassinate anyone who ever lives in Carlisle. Well, myself <laughs> and my friend were on the floor laughing. But when I met him, it's interesting what you're saying because I, I told him this story and he, he was very polite. He grinned away and he said, well, I'm sure you understand. We've no idea what we're talking about today <laughs> yeah, at the yeah. moment. But it was so, you know what he's like. He, he's like yourself. He's so well-timed and... 
and yeah. you, you know it's all I talk I've talked to a lot of comedians on my interviews and and just to do stand up it's all about experience of doing it and I think that must play a major part it is it is I mean it, when you've been doing it 40 years with the same people you know what you know and, and you can tell from their eyes when they want you to talk and when they want you to shut up. You yeah, can tell, yeah, yeah. you know, when they and you know when they've got a good line because they'll get that look and you just go, anyway, what have you got to say? And then they'll come, like, they'll come in with a zinger and you just go, oh, right, okay. <laughs> um, like me, and I and and I'm, I'm as I say, I'm so glad you're here. Whenever, whenever I've seen you on uh, uh, in the comedy store players, you've got a wonderful laugh, a wonderful chuckle like I have, and you always seem to enjoy yourself when you're on stage with it, and it's so infectious with the audience, especially when you're watching it because you're waiting for the next line, etc. Yeah. Um, however, the great thing about improvisation, as I said before, is that is that each show is different. Uh, can this be challenging? Is there ever a is there ever something an audience suggestion where you just think I can't do anything with that, or do you always? Uh, not not at the comedy store. No. The, joy, the joy the joy of it is with six of you. There's always if one person's having a a, a, a a dry night, as we say, then the other the other five will pick up the slack and 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 get them back into it you know we we're very good at sort of setting each other up for lines and setting each other up but you know we we work as a team that's the joy of it and um the reason i'm laughing so much on stage is because i've never heard the stuff before either so, <laughs> and, <laughs> i've worked with very i worked with much funnier people than i am so that's what makes me laugh <laughs> I wouldn't. I, w I wouldn't say that for one minute. I think you're very, a very, very funny man. Um, Thank you. My, let's move on to the Edinburgh Fringe. Um, uh, my, I'm, I'm very fortunate to um, go to the Edinburgh Fringe every year um, uh, for my holiday. Um, I go there for a week. I normally go in the middle week, and I see about fifty shows in a week. I'm exhausted by the end of it. I need a holiday when I come back, but I've had the yeah. time of my life. Can you tell me about your experience of your first ever Edinburgh Fringe? Well, yeah, my first Edinburgh Fringe was uh, very weird. I was um, I hitched up um, with a girlfriend, and uh, we put up a tent and uh, out near the ski slope, which is sort of south of Edinburgh about four miles out and then we got the, the bus in every day and I would do a bit of my juggling and she would go off and look around the art galleries and, um, and it was uh, it was very quiet it was very um, I don't know I, the first time I went up was, was with a guy called Ian the guy that taught me to juggle and we didn't know anything about we stayed on the campsite but we didn't know anything about doing a show or anything so we could juggle quite well. Both of us could do four balls and we could do passing between each other. And we would, um, so we, we, we set up uh, by the heart Midlothian, by the cathedral, the, there's a sort of stone marker in the ground and everyone was coming up and as they walked past, instead of giving us money, they were just spitting in this circle. And I was like, what's going on? Why don't they like us? And uh, we found out it was the steps of the old prison, and that's what people of Edinburgh went. So they never go to prison; they always spit on the the heart of Midlothian. Right. <laughs> I, I, I never knew that at all. That's fascinating. Yeah, yeah. 
So that's why they were spitting at us, not because they didn't like us. But I think we made 39p on our first show. So wow, I, I remember that. And then he nothing. went, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, that, that 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 paid for two pints in those days. Good man. What what year are we talking? We're talking nineteen eighty. Wow. And that and then he went home and I hitched. I hitchhiked home on my own back to Liverpool because I, I used to do a lot of hitchhiking in those days. That's what the book's about, really. A hitch in time from uh, from all good internet sellers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, I was hitching home, and these two lads picked me. It was quite late at night, and these two lads picked me up. And they drove me to, uh, they were driving along and they said, uh, you're not going to get a lift now. We're going, going as far as Selkirk. We'll drop you off. Uh, you can come and stay at our house. And I said, well, no, 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 it's all right. I'll just... And they went, you won't get another lift. There's no cars. So I said, all right. So we went in, they showed me up to this room. They had a big, it was a big house uh, in on the edge of Selkirk. And they showed me into this room. It was called the African room. And it had like loads of like zebra pelts on the walls and Asagai spears and lots of, of masks and stuff. And I said, you sure your mum and dad won't mind? Because they were only like 18 and 16. And they said, no, 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 they'll be fine. They'll be fine. We'll leave a note. So I went to, I went to sleep and in this wonderful but huge bed and, uh, woke up the next morning and I, I, I didn't have a watch in those days and I didn't know what time it was and I could hear someone moving about so I thought oh it must be breakfast time so I got up and had a wash got dressed walked into the kitchen of this house went downstairs walked into the kitchen and there was this bloke in his dressing gown cooking breakfast and I said uh, good morning and he said he turned around and he said oh you must be the hitchhiker and I, I looked at him and I went yeah and you're you're David Livingston the head of the uh, the Liberal Party <laughs> Oh, and, he, and it was him, and he, and he sat me down. And he cooked me a full, a full uh, Scots breakfast, and uh, and we chatted about uh, juggling and, uh, wow. and and politics, and uh, yeah, no, it was yeah, it was it was Billy Billy um, Livingston, yeah. Wow, 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 wow! That is amazing. That is <laughs> what a story. I know, yeah. So that was the first one. Then I went back and I did a couple more juggling shows, and then Angelo and I went up in '84, and we did the. Um, uh, we did the uh, Masonic Lodge with Richard III. So Richard III um, was a sort of uh, a student production, and they they it only ran an hour, and they put the slot for two hours. So they asked us to do forty five minutes first half for them, and uh, it was very weird because it was half the audience were there from our street shows that would come and uh, come to see us, and the other half would come to see Richard III, and. Uh, <laughs> There was one. There was one night where we were about ten minutes in, and this bloke stood up and he said, "I, I've got a question." And we stopped the show and we went, "Yeah, what is it, mate?" And he went, "Is this Richard the Third?" We went, "No, they'll be on in about half an hour." <laughs> he went, "Well, I'm going to, I'm going to wait outside then. This isn't, this isn't for me." He said, "That's brilliant." <laughs> so, so, so when you first went up and you did your juggling shows, yeah. That was you on the stage on your own doing. No, no, I, I was just on the street. It was there just was just out there, on the street. I there was see. probably right. there was probably only there was probably only about twenty fringe venues at that point. Right, right. It was tiny, tiny festival. Right. And then when Angelo and I went up, uh, we did the Masonic Lodge especially. Then we did the Wildman at the Assembly, yeah, which was on the, when it was on George Street. And then the following year, we did the Music Hall. We were the the 
the biggest selling tickets of the festival that year. Wow! Um, Congratulations, and then, that's brilliant. Yeah, yeah, we sold we sold out the run by the second day of the festival. Wow! Wow! Which wow, in wow. the which in the musical, which is about three hundred and twenty seats, was quite something. Yeah, that's but, amazing. Um, yeah. Well, we had we were on kids TV at the time, and we were, you know, we'd done lots of street shows the year before, yeah, so yeah, um, yeah. we built up following in the city itself. Yeah, and those once you, once you, if you get if you're up there and you get the Edinburgh people on your side, then you'll you'll always sell out your run. I don't think we had a bad year after that. Which yeah. the next yeah the next five years we were sold out the whole the whole time. Well, but that yeah, that was the year we sold out fastest. Yeah. That's brilliant. Um, I I first went in two thousand and five. I've been yeah. going ever. I've been going ever since. And the the first was it the first year I went, um, yeah. I I knew the chap who runs the fr- or knew, I knew the chap who ran the free fringe, and um, I said to him, um, uh, I think I can be a stand up comedian. Can I have a go? And he, and and he said, yeah, yeah. He said, we've got a um, little tiny pub in the Haymarket on a wet Monday afternoon. It's a it's a gong show for old folk, and uh, we think we think it'd be really good at doing this. So I, I wrote, went away, wrote a script, and then I went on. There was uh, uh, there was three people in the crowd, and yeah. um, uh, um, I uh, walked out, and the first thing I said was. Um, Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. People think I look like Eddie the Eagle Edwards, the ski jumper, but I can't see the resemblance myself. And of course, when I was at college, I was the double of him. And some yeah. old bloke at the back just went, fuck off, and gunged me off <laughs> to my own footsteps. So the promoter goes, have another go, have another go. So I did it again, similar thing happened. And I went away and I, and I said to him, I said, look, I said, I'm so pleased I've had a go, but I think my... Uh, um, job is to be in the audience, not a job, but 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 I, I'm yeah, much yeah. better supporting you, and that's where the blog came from. You know, it's such oh. an enthuse for everybody who actually gets up there and has a go and does it. You know, and you're a classic example with the comedy store players, and you, yeah, your, yeah. your journey is 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 a great one. You know, you you started off with the street entertaining, which. Uh, can be very daring you know it could you you never know what you're going to get and i think with the improvisation i think that's the same thing you know it's it's yeah, yeah. you know it's a it's a it's it's a really good way into the to the to the comedy world um in in 2019 and this is an extraordinary fact you celebrated an amazing 40 years at the edinburgh fringe yeah that is extraordinary um What's I've actually your... spent over I spent over two and a half years of my life if you had up all the days. Wow. What what are your what are your favourite memories? You must have some. Oh uh, many. I've got I've got so many. I mean so, memories of because it used to be in the eighties, it was like an eighteen thirties for com- comics. It was like we would all go up and it was just <laughs> partay. Just it is, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um but then the nineties, it was more. I was I started doing, uh, I was doing more impro in those days. And then uh, two thousand three was one of my favourite years because we did the Twelve Angry Men with uh, 
Dave Johns and Steve Frost and I saw uh, that. It, it was brilliant, and you were brilliant in it. It's a great. Oh, thank great you. Play. Yeah. It was. It, it was a great. It was a great team because it to do it with all actors. Although we had Dave Carvito, who was a who was an actor, mm. uh, but he's a very funny man, so we'll let him off. Um, <laughs> Well, and we had uh, uh, what's his name, Russell. Oh God, I'm so bad with names. Um, uh, I know the guy, guy from uh, yeah, the guy, guy from the Taggart. Um, Russell. Russell Hunter. Russell Hunter. Hunter. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and he did. Um, he was uh, he was he was great, and he knew that he only had like three months to live, and he still wanted to do it, and and wow. so it just it was just like this magical show that. Um, we just had so many laughs on it, and there was there was I mean we we managed. So one of the guys um, knew the uh, a BBC producer who, who who knew Gorton and Simpson who oh, asked if we asked if we could do the Hancock um, Twelve Angry Men pastiche. Yeah, and I got to play I got to play Tony Hancock. And Steve Frost was uh, Sid James, wow. and Russell Hunter played the judge, and and. Uh, it was, it, and we just <laughs> we had such a good night. We uh, it was uh, six hundred and fifty people in the in the you know in the in the main room. That's brilliant. And, and uh, we we raised something like twenty thousand quid for charity. And, oh, well done. But, but just to do the Hancock lines and just and get big laughs on them, and then and then we went out we went out and partied all night till about three o'clock in the morning, <laughs> and we did. And the, the the show was at twelve thirty in the morning, and uh, well, just after lunch. And uh, and I, I I hadn't slept at all. I hadn't been to sleep at all. And we got on stage, and I said, "I'm I'm so, I'm still hungover. I think I'm, I, I'm, I've, never, I've never been this hungover in my life." And they were all going, "No, you'll, you'll be fine. You'll be fine." And we got about three quarters of the way through the play, and uh, and apparently I just fainted. Wow. Uh, yeah, I just passed out. So. Um, Frosty and uh, <laughs> Gavin Robertson picked me up and carried me out uh, off the, into the wings. And they asked, uh, Bill Bailey rushed to the front of the stage and said, uh, is there a doctor in the house? I've always wow. wanted to. And, uh, and four people came up. There was a, a paediatrician, uh, <laughs> um, a plastic surgeon, <laughs> um, a, do a doctor of, of physics and someone else. That none of them were proper doctors, and they were all. Just... <laughs> so I came round with Frosty kneeling on my chest, and he was going, "Stay down, we can go to the pub. Stay down." And I was going, <laughs> "Oh, that's I was fantastic!" Going, no, no, I've got to go back on. I've got to finish the show. We've got to wow. finish the show. And someone was sent off to get a Snickers bar because they said that I just had a better low sugar level. That was probably it. <laughs> so I was like, so I was still eating this Snickers bar when we started up again. And so the, the audience couldn't. I mean, I got a big cheer when I did my next line. Yeah, you know? yeah. Then it got to the end of the show, and we all walked forward to take the bow. And as we took the bow, the other eleven all fainted. They'd all in the <laughs> oh, in the time that they'd had sat at the table waiting for me to come back on. They planned all this, and so I was just left standing alone in the middle of the stage. The, the, they were all just lying around me. <laughs> They made sure you were all right, and then bang, they were away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> then back at me. Yeah. I didn't hear the end of it. I still, I still don't hear the end. Of it. Uh, they still that's still a, that's a wonderful story. It's 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 similar to the famous one with um, Des O'Connor, 
where where he okay, yeah get back on at the Glasgow he Empire. Was at the Glasgow Empire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It reminded me straight away of that one. Go, I don't want to go back on. I can't face the audience. And then and then you've got somebody like Ken Dodd who is yeah, yeah. Um, describing the the the, the laugh uh, from Freud and he, and he and he and he went laughter is a wonderful thing, ladies and gentlemen. Mind you, Freud never played Glasgow Empire on a Friday night. <laughs> You know, it's not a thing it, where they're, they're all terrified of it, but with you, it was probably, you know, this yeah. is serious. And then when you were all right, it's such a wonderful story. Um, yeah, yeah. I've seen the comedy store players regularly, both in London and yearly at the Fringe, most years since 2005 when I first started going. Yeah. When, when you tour with them, do you find that audiences differ from place to place? Uh, well, I don't, I don't, we don't tour so much now. Paul goes out with his impro chums, but I mean, I go and I go out with them, um, the Steve Frost Impro All Stars. So, yeah, uh, but you don't, you don't really with impro, you don't really find that much difference. I mean, we, we go all over the world. I mean, yeah, with the, with the Impro All Stars, we've been in the last five years, we've been to Baku in Azerbaijan, wow. we've been to uh, Qingdao in China and Beijing and Shanghai and Ningbo and we've been out to Hong, Hong Kong Singapore we've been to Australia twice we've been uh, been out to America we did a show in New York with um, uh, it was Neil Malarkey myself Steve Steen and Steve Frost and uh, Neil was staying with Mike Myers because they had a yeah. double act back in the early days so he said do you want to come down and, and, and Frosty ran into Eddie Izzard and he said do you want to come down? So we actually had a six-hander. We didn't tell the audience. We didn't put it. But I think someone had let someone had obviously told someone because uh, uh, the gig started filling up as soon as it started. Uh, you know, you, we had an audience, and then by the interval, it had doubled. And right. then in the second half, we we came out. We said, "Oh, we've got two special guests for you tonight. We've got uh, Eddie Izzard, Eddie Izzard, and." Uh, and we've also got Mike Myers, and the audience just wow. went unbelievable. And that was one of the, the, the one of the best evenings of my life. I've just, no doubt. Just doing an impro with doing an impro with that lot. It was just uh, we were we were. Uh, it was it, and the, the 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 noise at the end, you know. And then the, the the guy who owned it was Webster's Hall, and it's usually a sort of rock venue. Yeah. And the guy who owns it had come down, and it, and the, the the bar staff were going. He doesn't come down for all the even the good music acts, but he's come down thin. and he kept us in this. He kept us in the upstairs VIP bar for about five hours. Just he just kept giving us as much alcohol <laughs> as he could to keep us there. It was a great night. Yeah. Wow, I, su I suppose as well when um, when you do your improv, you have your team, but you also have. Um, special guests and i think that mixes is mixes it up more as well because certainly <laughs> well yeah yeah that's the joy of that is that um, i mean we all know each other in the players very very well yeah but, um so i think it would be quite stayed it would get quite stayed if it was just the six of us but because we always have guests like Dave Johns or Marcus Brigstock yeah. or Phil Jupitus or we've had Sean Locke do it with us. Um, we've had, you know, we've been so like Julian Clary. We've had, we're so lucky with all the people that we've had on stage and, and, and they bring a 
completely we have to we have to then work around them basically yeah 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 I mean yeah. not all of them I'm, uh, I'm thinking mainly of Dave Johns but um, <laughs> um, yeah, people like Marcus just stop right in and he, he, he gets it straight away but then other, very good yeah whereas Sean 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 Locke loved doing it but he was he was hilarious because like he was supposed to be doing translating the foreign uh, lecturer and um, and he kept saying uh, so Steve Steam would go and Sean would look at him and he'd go right what he just said was <laughs> and he was just trying to buy time to think of something to say <laughs> it made us laugh a lot but he was very he was very funny with it he, 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 Sean was very good at working out how to go against it how to yes yeah. to do the opposite of what was expected which then made us have to work a bit harder but yeah. we would we would, he knew that we could deal with it so he that's why he was doing it you know? he's, he's like that very much in his stand-up as well isn't he you can see as he's as he's working it all out and, and saying it all. yeah he's, yeah, yeah. He's oh he's genius he's a genius very he's, funny man he's um, my favorite oh brilliant they yeah. they the reason why I asked the question was um, another question I've always, I've always wanted to ask you because you've done I know we're going back to the fringe but but because you've done 40 years of at the fringe I uh, whenever I go I um, I love to get obviously the fringe program and to me it's like the Christmas radio times you literally yeah, yeah. see who's in there and I do an elaborate spreadsheet and all my friends join me and, and everything I, I've been every year to the to the fringe shop and I've asked if I could possibly have a programme for every year that the fringe has been on. And because yeah. you've done forty of them, the acts that you must have seen and, and seen develop and all the rest of it, it, it must be extraordinary. It is. It's, uh, I mean, obviously, you don't go and see that many people at the fringe because yeah. you work. You, you spend a lot of time getting ready for your show, yeah. and then when you do your show, and then you you tend to either you want to go for a meal or you want to go back and just watch some crap telly for a bit, and then sure. you go out. And it's uh, so I, I try and see like when I'm up there, I try and see two things a day. Right. And so I've seen, yeah, and I've, obviously I've been. I mean, we did the big sort of the big shows for uh, Nicaragua back in the 80s which were the they'd have the best of the of the fringe on at the uh, at the big uh, at the Edinburgh Playhouse yeah. and it was 2,000 people and it was just so um, oh, what's his name sing if you're glad to be Tom Robinson yeah. um, he, he used to organise them and they were just great gigs so you'd have Tom and then you'd have um, people like uh, <laughs> sensible footwear and <laughs> <laughs> an all feminist group and then there was yeah. uh, and then you had uh, skin video with Steve Gribbin oh, and, brilliant and, yeah, he's, he's you know, seen on this he's wonderful yeah yeah. yeah 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 we had great days and it was uh, but that, and there's, it's the nights out that I remember most I mean I went out one night with Greg Proops wow Bill Hicks wow. and Dennis Dennis Leary and we all just went out and uh, had a meal and then went back to uh, Carol Benjamin's flat and got very, very stoned to the point where I had to lay down on the floor because the bar stool was too high. <laughs> that must have been extraordinary. Dennis Leary and Bill Hicks and you. And, and Greg Proops and Greg Proops. I mean, Greg, Greg Proops, yeah. I'd say Greg's the funniest out of the three of us. I was, I was very, very fortunate to see 
Bill Hicks at Man- at, in Manchester. He yeah. on, on his on his last tour. What an extraordinary talent he he was. It's such a yeah. shame he's gone. What he could have done as well. Um, no, no. Uh, okay, okay, let's move on. Um, how have you found online gigs as opposed to live gigs? Have you done any? Have you watched uh, any? I've watched some and I've, uh, I've done some, and they just—I I can't, I can't bear doing them because, especially with impro, you can't—you yeah. can only hear each other's laughter. You know, you yeah. can't. You need the audience laughter. You can't if, if if you're doing it on Zoom. It's it's just it's it's soulless. That's what yeah, it is. Because yeah, yeah. they have to all be on mute, and you sort of go, well, that's now we can't hear anything. You know, yeah. so. I've watched a few. There's been some good ones. Uh, the Stand did some good ones at the start. Yeah. Um, I've watched quite a few of those. Um, and I've watched uh, the Showstoppers one, and I've watched... Uh, what else have I watched? I've watched more theatre, I think, on, on online. Right. But, um, no, I went... Uh, two weeks ago, I went to the Banana Cabaret and watched um, uh, Dana Alexander and... Uh, um, Tom, uh, not Tom Holland, Dominic Holland, oh, uh, <laughs> Freudian slip, and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and John Longley, and uh, it was just and just to be in a live ca- yeah. cabaret room again yeah. was yeah. fantastic, yeah. you know. And I just can't wait to get back on stage. But the store, because of its size, it can't open until we've got back to normal oh, it, oh, I didn't know that. If, they, if they put the seats around tables and everything but they wouldn't be able to run at a profit and Don's already lost Don Ward who owns the comedy yeah. store has lost has lost so much money over the last year and a half it's and he's it, you know the rent on the rent on that place uh, well he, he, two years ago it was 250 grand a year just to rent the store so he's got to he's got to cover that before he, he starts it and and staff wages before he gets any money, you know. Mm-hmm. So he's waiting. So I think we're going back on the twenty fifth of July is the is the date. I, 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 we were supposed to be back there uh, on the eleventh of July, and uh, that's that's been put back to the twenty fifth now. So until I'm actually stood on the stage, I won't believe it because I've had so many shows cancelled. Loads. We had loads on in November. They all got cancelled. Um, we were going to do. We were going to do the Globe, you know. And I, I just haven't had any money come in from uh, since uh, March fifteenth last year. I've, I've I've made about two grand just doing writing for newspapers and stuff. But it's like, you know, I I, I just want to get back on stage and, and 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 make people laugh and hear that laugh again. I think it's I think it's disgraceful that, that the arts. Um, have taken a back seat with all this. I know it's been a horrible, horrible time for a lot of people, but oh yeah, yeah. But um, you know, I mean, I mean to completely put it on a back seat, and and you know, I'm trying to do my best supporting you all with the blog, and and I do go to a lot of online um, comedy as well as live comedy. If if if. If online comedy didn't exist, I don't know how I would have got through lockdown. But but I yeah. but I totally agree with you. I mean, um, I go a lot to always be comedy online. I go to um, uh, Sean James Monday Night Club. I go to Charlotte Regan's Irish one on a Friday night. Go and see go Bruce Grafford as an online thing. So oh, he's, he's are, brilliant. Yeah. brilliant. But there are a lot of 
online gigs but I totally agree with you when they first started doing them there was no audio and my, myself with my loud laugh I was just sitting here laughing at four walls and I thought I was going to be taken away you know it was ridiculous <laughs> but um they then opened up the front row so they had a virtual front row and the comedians could at least um uh, time their gags and chat to the audience and whatever but I'm yeah. with you I I miss so much going out for a few pints on a Saturday night or a meal or something and then just sit in in a long comedy room and you're of the moment thinking, right, make me laugh, entertain yeah. me. And I've just started going back. I've gone back to headliners and they had about 10 comedians on in one night doing 10 minutes trying to get themselves back into it, you know. Yeah, and, and always be comedies opened up again. And um, I'm... I'm I know we're recording this about June time, but I'm 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 going to the Brighton Fringe at the weekend just for one night, just to see how that goes. But I can't see Edinburgh happening this year. I no, think. Edinburgh's up. They've just said, yeah. Yeah, Edinburgh's I mean, I'm, 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 I, it's such a shame that they've stalled it. But hopefully next year, 2022, it should be back to some sort of normality. But. Um, I just feel so sorry for all the great performers who have made me laugh over the years. And please, 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 live comedy, come back soon. Um, in your illustrious career, do you have a specific comedy highlight? Was there a point where you thought, I can do this, this is, this is my career, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying myself here? Well, when we won the Street Angels Take the Year Award, yeah, we, that was that was that was that was a moment. I just thought, right, we've got this. We know yeah. what we're doing, yeah, and yeah. Uh, and it, it it was just a magical night. And and uh, you know, we drank till we didn't drink that late because we we done we've been comparing on the other stages. We were quite savvy that way that <laughs> we 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 compared on the other stages and did bits between each other, other people's shows, and the audiences sort of over the over the day sort of grew to like us and then um when we did the final performance we got a sort of standing ovation and it was i think it was because we'd done all the <laughs> the weekends comparing but, but um to get a standing ovation from about five thousand people you've never met before and my mum and dad were there and my sister and, oh brilliant you know, just it was just a magical moment and yeah, then yeah, they showed yeah, yeah. So and it was, so it was all, it was, all it was all filmed by cubby broccoli of all people and um, it was shown on the Boxing Day, the following Boxing Day, and so the whole family got round the telly, and it was you know just watch. It was so I got like hairs on the back of my neck when I went when I watched us do the final performance because they they edited it so beautifully, and um, uh, yeah, he then ended up uh, he offered us the role in uh, Spaceballs, Mel Brooks movie of the two idiots, yeah, uh, in Spaceballs, and we had to go to Cubby Broccoli's house. Wow. And, and do this and then he filmed it all and sent it off to Mel Brooks and Mel Brooks went I don't want these two <laughs> <laughs> but again what an experience that's extraordinary yeah, there's a lot yeah wow. it, was, it was mad times mad times I loved I love Mel Brooks films and, and oh I love Mel Brooks I would have been such a, oh, a joke going over and work with him yeah yeah um, I saw I used to go to a lot of TV recordings I saw a lot of Parkinson being recorded and I saw Gene Wilder being mm. uh, as a guest on that and uh, I was always a massive fan of Gene Wilder and my my mum and dad uh, were in America on holiday when I was 
very very small and met Gene Wilder who was staying in the same hotel as as, 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 as Nama <laughs> but of course I was too young to, to realise but what a great comic actor and they were great <laughs> together he would always have him when he could in his films he, he's, he's, he's brilliant Mel Brooks um, who are your favourite comedians past and present well and the, the, of the old ones it would be people like Tommy Cooper made me laugh a lot and yeah. uh, and uh, the, the Marx Brothers, uh, you can see a lot of the Marx Brothers in what the comedy still players do these days. Yeah. Um, there's, uh, um, yeah, who else? Uh, I used to like Les Dawson a lot, the way he used words. And Morecambe Wise always had me on the, I was, I'd always be sat front front and centre, but I'd lay on the floor in front of the, in front of the whole family and watch Morecambe Wise. And of the new ones, I'd say, I mean, uh, Sean's Sean Knox, the king to me, is the best. Um, and I, then I'd say James Acast is just doing some fantastic stuff. Yeah. Um, I love watching uh, Marcus when he's when he's doing his one of his when he did his Devil show it was fantastic. Oh, superb! That yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. fantastic. Um, who else do I like? I like. Um, I don't know. I, I I tend to find you know. I, I tend to go out and, and like yourself, go and watch lots lots of live comedy because it, I love laughing and that's. Yeah. Um, that was my follow-on question. Like me, do yeah, you go well, to a lot like, of gigs as a member of the audience. Yeah, yeah, a lot. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 especially you know, if we're at a festival, like if we're at um, like Galway or um, Kilkenny, sure. and you've got. Then you've got you've got your 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 artist pass can get you into any show. So you just go all day and watch shows yeah, and drink yeah. Guinness all day. You know it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I love I love that. And you really? see you know I've seen yeah you know, I've seen weird stuff like Neil Hamburger and then you but then you go and see Jason Byrne, yeah. Tommy Tiernan and I mean Tommy's fantastic. Yeah, Tommy is really one of the best comics we've got at the is. moment. Yeah. It's it's fascinating because your your choices are similar to mine. I mean, um, the the reason why um, I I love comedy is Morecambe and Wise. I never got yeah. to see them live, but I've all the books and everything behind me that uh, I've read all about them. I've seen plays about them. The first yeah, yeah. the first act I ever saw in nineteen seventy five something like that. I'd be seven. Was Les Dawson on holiday and he was just amazing with the piano yeah, yeah. and all the rest of it and then a year later we saw Tommy Cooper in Scarborough and uh, the curtains opened there was nothing on stage but a bed and he's lying on it and one woman in the audience started crying with laughter and it just yeah. trickled round and he hadn't done a thing and after about <laughs> 10 minutes he popped his head up and went what what somebody come on <laughs> And I thought this is genius. And yeah. then, uh, amazing. I, I saw the two Ronnies. I saw Ken Dodd in the eighties. I saw Rick Mail in Carlisle. Ben Elton, yeah, yeah. Skinner, French and Saunders. On and on and on and on. And then um, uh, got the alternative boom. Um, and uh, then then it started with the Edinburgh Fringe in in um, twenty o five. 
but you're right about James Acaster. Um, there's a there's a testimonials page on my blog, and he's written one because uh, uh, whenever I see him in a, in a crowd, he always acknowledges me. And he said, and in the testimonials, he said, um, uh, "If I wasn't a comedian, I would happily sit next to Richard Gill all day and make him laugh." And I just thought that was wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought that's that's genius because that's the whole point of doing it, I suppose, isn't it? Um, yeah. Uh, okay. Um, I've so much enjoyed chatting to you. I could talk to you all night because you've got so many stories. And, oh, good, yeah. and, so many. And, <laughs> and I, I for one, I'm going to buy that book. I tell you. Um, uh, is there anything else you would like to say before we go? Uh, do you have any planned gigs coming up? Do you have any? Well, yeah. Well, beyond, uh, we're not doing the Wednesdays anymore, but we're doing every Sunday at the Comedy Store from the 25th of July, hopefully. Right. Uh, we've got the Globe Theatre, I think it's October the 25th or the 27th, but you'll be able to find it on their website. Yeah. Um, and then I'd, I'd say to anyone who really, 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 really likes comedy is to get a ticket for Mayerhofen to Altitude Festival because Altitude Festival, it only lasts for a week but you ski all day, or if you don't ski, you just sit and drink cocktails on up, up a mountain uh, with gorgeous views everywhere. And then from 5.30 to 1 o'clock in the morning, you can see the best comedians in the country, you know. Wow. And, uh, it, and, 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 you, and you can, you know, you, you'll be skiing the next day and uh, you'll bump into one of us and we'll sit down probably and have a coffee with you. And, you know. <laughs> Brilliant. It's, it's one of them, it's it's my favourite festival now because it's just it's so, it, it's like being on a cruise ship in that you can't actually get away from the audience yeah and it, and and the first couple of years we were like oh and then we sort of went well hang on they're doing exactly the same as us so it, <laughs> and 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 the, like between the uh, the two evening shows there's a pub called the Scotland Yard which is sort of halfway between the two venues yeah. And, just all the comics and all, all the punters are in that in that pub for about an hour, just sitting and chat, chatting, having darts competitions. It's just, it's one of those, it's, it's one of those special festivals where it's it's magical. Things just happen. It's I was just, just going to say it's magical because everybody's together and they're all in it together. And everyone's got everyone's got the yeah yeah. Exactly. And if if someone yeah you know, if someone if someone makes a mistake on stage. Then it will be heckled back the next night because it's the same audience for the whole. Week. Yeah, 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 brilliant. brilliant. Um, have you got any podcasts yeah. or anything? No, no, not me. Like There's that. enough no. bloody podcasts out there. <laughs> you could be a first improv podcast. Might be quite good. Um, where can people where can people find you on social media? Uh, I'm on. Uh, I'm. Uh, at Andy, capital C, capital S, capital P, as in comedy store players, um, on Twitter, and I'm Andy Smart on Facebook. So, and uh, I haven't got a blue tick or anything. No, no, no. Wow. And uh, yeah, just feel free to, to add me. Brilliant. Well, I for one, I'm going to be in the front of the queue to see the comedy store players. If you are open on the 25th of July. Yeah. That's when yeah. I'm going to go because that's the start of my birthday week. 
So that would oh, be wow. wonderful. It'd be lovely to see you, Rich. Well, that I'll would get be you terrific. Then. And thank you so, so much for your time. I've so much enjoyed talking to you. And all the very best to you. And to you, Richard. Thanks a lot now. Bye-bye. Cheers. Bye.